Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Today we're going to begin in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with the 33rd verse. And up to this point, Paul, Paul's message got very, very practical, and he started talking about the home and then a few verses later, he's going to actually start talking about how to behave ourselves on the job and how children should respond to their, their, their parents. So there's this whole discussion that Paul has begun, and he's just finished his piece on husbands and wives. And after he talks about that, he sums up everything he'd been saying into this sentence. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular. Now that's his way of saying, I mean you. Each one and you in particular. So I'm not talking to Freddie, I'm not talking to Harry, I'm not talking to Susie or Sally. I'm talking to you. That's what that means. So nevertheless, let each one of you so love his own wife did you notice the word own there? I just want to make sure. Not leaving out important parts. Love his own wife as himself. Next week, we're going to talk about what women want. Y'all excited about that? All right, six of you. But for now, it suffices to say that according to Scripture, the greatest need of a woman is love. And there are not many people out there today that would even argue with that idea. Most people understand that a wife needs to be genuinely loved. So things have happened in culture and in the world and our... our Minds and mindsets have drifted a little bit on this, this subject. And where we've currently landed is that most of us think that there's really not any major differences between men and women. Now, you know, maybe skeletal size and muscles size and all that, but there's really no big difference between men and women. Now, it is true that we have a whole lot in common, but our differences are still very, very important. The genetic difference between a human being and a chimpanzee, scientists tell us, is only 1.2%. I mean, it, it, it's, it's almost negligible. The difference between us and a mouse is 2.5%. But it's these such tiny differences that will determine whether or not you spend your life loving cheese or swinging through trees. The difference between something good and something great 
is almost always found in the details. He said, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. Again, few would argue that a woman's or wife's primary need is love. But what I'm about to say next may surprise you. A man's primary need is not love. And what women do is they make the mistake of trying to love a man in the way she wants to be loved. Rookie mistake. But let me say this lest you think I'm oversimplifying this. Relationships are not like padlocks with a single key that unlocks everything. But relationships are more like combination locks. If we get the top few things in the right order, in the right order, everything suddenly opens up. So my goal to, 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 for, for, for us today is to help you get the top few things in the right order. He said, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Of course, God wants wives to love their husbands. But in the list of the things he wants most, love is not at the top. The way you express love to a man is very different than how you might try to express love to a woman. Women are built a little more sophisticatedly than more, they're more sophisticated, if you will, than, 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 than men in some respects. Love may feel like love to a woman, but pay attention. But only respect feels like love to a man. One more time. If you get this, man, you, you are light years ahead of your neighbors and folks around you. Love may feel like love to a woman, but only respect feels like love to a man. So ladies, stop disparaging your husband's fragile ego. It's important. God created us with very different emotional lenses. And this difference is actually why we need you so much. Because there are things you see we can't see. And these lenses are extremely, extremely valuable. And let the wife see, matter of fact, see to it, make sure you get this done, that she what respects her husband. So if a woman is going to be successful with her man, at some point she has to learn to speak his language. When I got married, I thought I understood women. It was only a short time before I realized she didn't understand what I was saying, and I understand what she was saying. Why? Because she spoke girl, and I spoke boy. 
They say, what's the, what's the difference? A big difference. Have you ever gone down to the deep south, someone's talking, you know it's English, but you have no idea? <laughs> same language, language, same grammatical syntax, but what on earth are they saying? Then a southerner goes up to New York, and they're like, what on earth are you saying? Don't go to Caribbean because I could barely understand. <laughs> same language, same grammar, but we communicate differently and we have different lenses and different, different needs. The scripture says here by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is trying to give us some marital advice. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now we're often told by psychologists and psychologists are trying to help us and, and they mean well and and, and on, on some level, it, it's true. But the psychologist will tell you that a man's primary need is sex. But if women would just learn that sex is not just sex to men, the moment that light bulb goes off, you'll start to get us. You see, sex to a man is about feeling admired. Sex to a man is about being responded to. Sex to a woman is just a little bit different. But, but to a man, it's about getting in that hot car <laughs> that no one else can drive and making that engine hum. A man wants to drive that car so well that when he puts that thing in park, the car salutes him singing, happy birthday, Mr. President. You understand? Men and women doing the same thing, but two very different. Lenses. Let each wife see that she respects her husband. Now, I have counseled hundreds and hundreds of couples, and I've discovered that whether they have a problem over communication, sex, or, or money, nine times out of ten, you're going to hear men say things like, like, like this. No matter what I do, it's never enough. No matter what I do, I never measure up. You always make me feel that I'm not enough, less than. And the words may vary and the articulation is sometimes a little bit different, but it's always the same song. Why is it that this issue is very seldomly resolved in the home? Because typically when, when a guy says, you make me feel and, 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 and I never da 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 and then and, she responds by looking him innocently and, and sincerely in the eye saying, but you know I love you. The problem is she just responded in girl talk. 
Did that go over your head? No. She responded with what she needs. But what he needs is not what she needs. She needs to be loved. He needs to be respected. Years ago, my wife and, and, and I, well, actually, I was struggling to pay the bills. And, and uh, you know, that, 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 could get, that, that could get underneath a, a guy's skin. And it was a struggle. And I was trying to do this ministry thing. It was just tough. It was tough. It was tough. And my wife, you know, I don't know how the conversation began because I don't remember all that. I, I just remember this piece. She looked at me and she said, you know, honey, I, I don't care if we were on a deserted island. I know you would find a way to take care of me. And then she looked at me with those pretty brown eyes. Man, if I could have bitten off my right arm, cooked it on the grill like filet mignon, I would have then used my, my only remaining arm to serve my right arm to her on a silver platter. Because a woman that sees that in me, a woman who believes that about me, that I have such admirable characters and, and, and traits. Man, see, 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 see what a lot of ladies say, but you know I love you. No, no, when, when she said that, oh, it rung my bell. I mean, I went, I came in the house all bowed down, but I walked, you know, I, I came out, oh, shit, man. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done. I know how to handle my bed. You understand? You understand? So how did men get this way? Let's take a look at where we came from. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God... And by the way, this is a grown-up message. Is that all right? Form man of the dirt of the ground. Men will always be just a little bit dirtier than women. Why? Because we come right out of the dirt. But according to Scripture, women, on the other hand, started out a few rinse cycles ahead of every man. She didn't come out of the mud. She came out of our side. But I'm already ahead of myself. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. At first, all man was was just another carbon product. Not a lot different than the monkey, the mouse, the mule. And the man was that way until he came into special and unique contact with his creator. And the Bible says in that moment, God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And at that point, God animated his spirit. And that spirit began to live. The Bible says the body without the spirit is dead. As soon as God infused the spirit of man into man, he popped up and came to life and became a living what? Being. 
Unlike what we learn on the streets, guys, a man's most important relationship is not ever with a woman first, but with your God. It's important. When a man has a vibrant relationship with his creator, with God, it takes so much pressure off the wife. Edwin Lewis Cole said this, a man seeks the height of manhood when he seeks the depths of God. Then the Lord God, this is important, And not a lot of moving, because I know this is countercultural, but you're going to learn some things. And it distracts me. Then the Lord God took who? The man. God created the man and then begins to interact with the man. So in God's interaction, since he knows what the man's created for and how to bring the best out of the man, God's interaction with the man tells us a whole lot about the man. Do you understand what I'm saying? God, God, God knows what he created, and, and now he's, he's bringing out the man in, in, in the man. It says, the, and the Lord took who? The man. You see, God intended each man's life to be a journey. God always intends to bring us further than where we started. And God took the man, began a journey. And th this is why, this, this, this is why. Whenever a man feels like he's not going anywhere in life, he is the most miserable person to live with. Because deep down inside, beneath all our bluster, beneath all of our excuses, is this innate nagging desire to make progress. So he created the man. Now, this might surprise you because you, you might have imagined the scriptures differently, but we're going to look line by line here. You thought that Adam was created in the garden. That's not true. We're not exactly sure where Adam was created. But after he was created, God took the man and put him or placed him in the garden. God immediately, as soon as the, boy, or the, 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 the man was born, he took him on a journey. And this garden was a place that was especially prepared for Adam by the Lord himself. It was an environment designed to bring out the best in him, but also to test him. If you are never tested, you are probably not where God has planted you. And he placed him there and immediately gave him a job. Men, we got to work. We got to be busy doing something. And by the way, he had a job before he met Eve. Listen, I know, <laughs> hey, sometimes we get laid off, we go through stuff. And I ain't talking down to none of us. You know, stuff happens. But, if you want Eve in your life, you may want to find some employment. Okay, let me just pause there. 
Now you want her to leave her father's house where he has a job, where the lights do come on, to marry you and for her to go to work for you, but you to stay home. Something's wrong with this picture. Listen, sometimes we get fired. Sometimes we're between jobs. Some of us have some, some history that makes it hard for us to find a job. But let me tell you, you better keep looking. You will never, ever, ever feel complete as a man if you're not contributing. Well, he placed them there in the Garden of Eden to what? Tend and to what? Keep it. So Eden was the place that God created so that Adam can freely use his gifts and his talents. And he used these gifts and his talents to add value. I mean, without him, the garden would simply decay back into the rest of the earth. So every time he worked in the garden, he was adding value and there was a sense of accomplishment. And this is really, really important. A man must feel useful to feel manly. If you want to emasculate a man, constantly devalue his contribution to the home. You say, well, Bishop, you don't know my husband. He deserves it. Listen, I can't cover this up, but do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And sometimes we got to make a, a choice. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden, you, you may freely eat. And, and there was some liberty and, and freedom that God gave this man. But of that, that certain tree, the knowledge of good and evil, some things belong to me. Don't touch it. The man had to remain under authority in order for the man to become everything he wanted to become. And by the way, that's what Sunday's about. That's what the tie's about. Some things belong to God, and you need to learn to, 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 to give it to him. Amen. Amen. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Humans are created for freedom, but what I want you to also see, God hardwired men for parameters. Guys, we may not like this, but in a lot of respects, we are a lot like children. We need healthy boundaries to thrive. You say, I don't like that. Well, well, don't call me baby if you don't ever want me to act like one. <laughs> Women act like baby. There's a little girl in the, in the woman, a little boy in the man, and, and just like a little boy needs boundaries, mom and daddy got to tell him no. He's going to be wild. He ain't going to respect nothing. That little boy always exists in every man. Give a man a well-placed no. Now, the qualifier there is well-placed. Give a man a well-placed no. He may not like it, but he will ex eventually respect you for it. Ladies, never trade respect for attention. One more time. Never trade respect for attention. Just because a man desires you doesn't mean he values you.
You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.